0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's Victory Hour. We are so glad that you could join us today. So come and join us as we listen to God's Word. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. It is my prayer that you are doing great and that the Lord has been you know, good to you and he has kept you. Wow, this is another time uh, in the presence of God that I have been given the privilege to share uh, the Word of God with you. And what a joy, what an amazing time. Uh, We are living in a very, very wonderful time, especially for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to talk today about several things, or maybe one thing that is really has been on my heart. And actually this morning I was thinking about it. It's a sermon that I've taught before in different uh, forums. And one of the advantages that... uh, you know preachers like me, who you know, who don't have a specific place like a church, uh, is that I can preach different sermons or preach one sermon in different places. And like you know, a, a pastor who has a church and sits in that church every Sunday, they have to be fresh every every week. And so, it's a great privilege for me, and I want to say thank you to uh, Reverend Joshua for this great opportunity. My name is George. And I'm inviting you for Victory Hour. And today I want to talk about something that a lot of Christians are facing today. And not just Christians, but even non-Christians. But I want to address Christians specifically. All right. And I want to talk about the Christian who drifts. Or the person who drifts. So I want to talk about drifting. uh, Drifting away from your call. Drifting away from your purpose. Drifting away from your career drifting away from what you were focused on when you began. And one time I was doing this training or this teaching at one place, and I asked people, how many of you wanted to be something different when you were kids? And this was a group of teachers, and, you know, 95% of them lifted their hands, and they said, in other words, they were saying, I never wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be something else, but here I am teaching And majority of these people, these teachers, were Christians. They were believers in Jesus Christ. And that is one of the things that I really, you know, and I always ask this when I go to different trainings. And I ask how many of you are living the dream, your childhood dream, in terms of your career or in terms of your purpose or in terms of what you've been pursuing in life. And surprisingly, 90 to 95% of the room always says, I am not living what I intended to live when I was a kid. And so the challenge that we have is the challenge of drifting. Many people drift as they grow older. Uh, child, uh, doubts come. And there's one thing that I really appreciate about kids is their faith. Children have a lot of faith. I remember when I was a kid, I would dream of great things. And even now, I still dream because I did not want to lose my childhood uh, faith, that childlike faith. That is what God honors. And one of the challenges that we have faced, many of us, and even people that I began life with when I was a child or even when I was a teenager, is that many of them have drifted. Even majority of ma- uh, the people that we attended Bible school together with and we studied theology and we all wanted to become Preachers, we all wanted to shape the world for Jesus Christ. Some of them, or majority of them, have gone astray. So, statistically, it is said that one out of ten preachers will still be preaching when they are 60 or 65 or 70 years old. In other words, nine of those people who set out to preach will fall by the wayside, they will drift in the course of their journey. And I remember, uh, you know, when I read that, it was very sobering for me. And I was very, very shocked uh, to see that. And, And, you know, to just understand how drifting really takes you away from your call, from your purpose. And even now as I speak, I know that there are so many people who are watching me today and you're listening to me. And you have drifted so far from your call that it almost feels as if what you're doing now was your call. But deep down in your heart, you know that there was a call. There's something else you should be doing, but you drifted. All right? Many people drift because of money. I have faced and met many young people who were called into ministry or called into different things that did not promise riches and did not promise. Material success. And many of those young people have drifted in pursuit of money and in pursuit of comfort. Many people drift because of lack of purpose. They do not feel like whatever it is they are called to do is their call, right? And when I say call, I don't specifically uh, want to say ministry, but that's part of it. It's part of ministry, it's part of church. It's part of politics. You can be called into a career, but many times people do not drift from some of these careers, but they run away from the call. They run away from ministry. They run away from church ministry. And so the question is, how far have you drifted? Not only for pastors, but even in marriages, in families, in relationships. How far have the two of you your husband and you have a wife, how far have you drifted from your spouse? How far have you drifted from your marriage? You got married, you had visions. Both of you sat and maybe you created a vision or a dream that you wanted to achieve. But then 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, or even maybe two years down the road, and both of you have drifted so far from each other that you look at your husband. And you wonder how you got into the same room with this stranger. Or you look at your wife and you wonder what devil brought this woman to your life. Drifting, drifting, my friends, is the greatest enemy to any progress. It is the greatest enemy to any success. It is the greatest enemy to any believer or any individual. The moment you begin to drift away from your call, from your focus, from your purpose is the moment you begin to fall and fail by the wayside. So I'm going to give you uh, four descriptions of a drifter. Who is a drifter? Number one, a drifter is one who permits himself to be influenced and controlled by circumstances out of his own mind. This is a thing. Many times in my life, I have found myself drifting And I have found myself controlled by circumstances out of my own mind. In other words, there are circumstances that come into your life challenges, struggles, things that you don't want to face, difficult conversations that you must have with your spouse or with your boss. But you don't want those, uh, you don't want to have those uh, discussions or those conversations. And so you begin to drift, you begin to be influenced by these. Circumstances. circumstances like lack of money. The moment you begin to think of these circumstances, you begin to drift. And as I have begun by saying, there are so many people who are called into great things, but they are afraid of sacrificing the little they have to go for these great things because they have no uh, guarantee that they will get into these great things. Therefore, they begin to drift. Number two is that a drifter is a person who would rather have people, other people think for him rather than go to the trouble of thinking for himself or her, for herself. This is a man or a woman who does not look like they have a clear path or a clear, uh, proper thinking capacity. And so they depend on other people thinking for them. They do things that other people suggest instead of sitting back and critically thinking about what the the suggestions are coming their way. And so, drifting, my friends, number one, is that is a person, a drifter is a person who is influenced and allows circumstances to influence his mind, and therefore he flows with these circumstances. And number two, he would rather have other people think for him rather than go to the trouble of thinking for himself, now thinking is work. The Bible says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." But I always say, and, I, and you know, I just add, and I say, a man, uh, uh, as a man stops thinking, so is he. If you stop thinking for yourself, then you become an empty shell that cannot be used. Number three is that a drifter is a person who accepts what life throws at him without protesting right? They accept everything, bad circumstances and good circumstances. And especially when we talk about the negative stuff in life, they just accept them. These are the people who say, oh, it is fate. Therefore, I am made to be this. If you fail, they say, well, it was meant to be. And they remain or stay in their failing uh, situation or they stay down. Drifting, number four, is someone who doesn't know what he or she wants from life. And this is what I was talking about, a person who lacks purpose, a person who lacks a focus in life. Therefore, because he lacks a purpose, because he lacks focus in life, everything that comes his way or her way takes them away. All right? It is said, you know, there's a quote that I love that says, A man who stands for nothing falls for anything. Or an individual who stands for nothing falls for anything. right. Another quote that says, if uh, you do not know where you're going, any road will take you there. If you have no destination, any road you take will take you there. In other words, if you have no clear purpose in life, if you do not know why you exist, If you do not know why you are what you are, then whatever road that comes your way will take you there. I remember uh, some time back having a discussion uh, with my a friend of mine, and we were discussing about a young man who, you know, we have discovered we discovered he does not know what he wants. And there are so many young people today in your you know you know maybe in your house as a parent, you are seated with your daughter or your son. And you're asking them, so what do you want to become? What do you want to do? And they have no idea. And most of the times we end up making these decisions for them as parents instead of guiding them on how to discover what it is that they are called for. Drifting. 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 The moment you begin to drift as a husband, the moment you begin to drift from your wife and you look at another woman and then you begin to drift into that direction, the truth is you will drift in that one direction, but then you begin to drift in many other directions too. The moment you begin to drift as a woman from the role and the responsibility uh, as a wife, from your responsibilities, you begin to drift in one area and you'll find yourself drifting in every area. Christians, drifters, drifters, Drifters. We have so many drifting Christians today in the world, and it is sad. We have many Christians today who want to make a change in their lives. We always, at the, at the, at the New Year's Eve or the New Year's Day, we always, you know, say, this year I want to be close to God. This year I want to attend church more. And then we begin January, the first Sunday of January, or, you know, the second Sunday of January, the third Sunday of January. We are there in church serving, you know, enjoying ourselves. And then we get to February, and, and you know, our, our year begins, you know, to be crowded with many other events, many other stuff. And by March, we are no longer fulfilling what we committed ourselves to. You know, you find Christians who say... I want to take a fast for 40 days, but on the third day or second day of their fasting, they have changed their mind. They say, oh no, you know, I don't have to go for 40 days. I can, God can answer these prayers in two days. Drifting, drifting, drifting. I find Christians who say, oh, I want to read the Bible, you know, and, and, and I'm going to commit to reading the Bible uh, every day of my life. From now onwards, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read a chapter a day. And they begin on that day. They begin chapter one, and then they read chapter two. But then on the third day, they're so busy or so tired to read. They begin to procrastinate. They begin to postpone things and say, oh, I'm going to read tomorrow, and I'm going to read the day after that. And the day after that, they become even more busy, Drifting. Drifting. Now, how drifting is established in the life of a person is a very critical thing to understand. So, the number one thing is the dominance of fear and ignorance. That is how drifting is established in your life. Number one, dominance of fear and ignorance. Fear begins to dominate you. You're afraid of uh, your bills. You're afraid of launching out and, you know, beginning to fulfill your call. You're afraid of quitting your job, a job that you are well aware is not in line with your purpose, and yet you're still afraid of quitting it because you're afraid of how the bills will get paid. You're afraid of how the children will be taken care of. You're afraid of these many things, and it is important to be afraid. But FDR said, that uh, in the time of the Great Depression, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. In other words, when we begin to be afraid of doing these things, then we shall never do anything important with our lives. And this is where, as a believer, you replace fear by faith. And you begin to do things by faith. All right? Drifters operate by faith, not by fear or ignorance. Many people are living in self-made Prisons, prisons of fear, prisons of uh, chains that are bound you, bound yourself in your mind. Number two, how drifting is established in your life is what I call the principle of habit, all right? The habit, and so you begin to develop a habit of drifting. Maybe one time I'll come and talk about habits, and you begin to develop a habit of Drifting, Everything you're supposed to do, you always find a way of procrastinating. You always find a way of pushing it away from, uh, from the timelines. You begin to change timelines. You begin to get late for important meetings. You begin to develop a habit of drifting. And number three, the way uh, drifting is established in the life of a person is environment. You become, you, you, you are encircled or enveloped in an environment that begins to enable your drifting habits. Okay? And some, let, just give you an example is drifting, uh, let me give you an example of drifting enabling environments. Number one is the home, in your own home, in your own house. Now, you know, with this whole uh, pandemic of corona, many people have found themselves working from home. And surprisingly, many people are actually accomplishing. A lot, but one of the challenges that we have at the home is the habit we begin to develop a habit of drifting when you're supposed to be reading a book, you're watching TV, when you're supposed to be writing an email or making calls, you are, you know, having you know, you're sleeping, or you, you just look at your bed and it's as if your bed is calling you, and so you go and say, Oh, let me sleep for one hour, and therefore you begin to drift from that, uh, from that whatever task that you're supposed to fulfill. That is number one. And so we have children in our homes who begin to drift because in our home there is no clear structure. Number two, drifting enabling environment is the schools that we have. You know, in our nation, we are trying to change uh, the system of our schooling. To, and I pray that even as we change, we will begin to raise children who are not drifters, Because the challenge that we have is that we have so many drifters walking to Nairobi today in the capital city and ask people, what's your dream in life? What do you want to achieve in life? And they'll tell you very different things. And then you ask them, how far are you in fulfilling that dream? And they will give you a lot of answers and a lot of excuses. No reasons, but excuses, all right? And many times I listen, you know, as I work with different people in different uh, areas, and I listen to some excuses that people give for not doing what they are meant to do. And when I listen to this thing, I can tell you, here is a drifter, here is another drifter, here is another drifter. And the sad thing, in our schools, we have majority of drifting, and even in our churches, we have 99% of people are drifting. Number three enabling environment is relationships. What kind of a person are you in a relationship with? Redefine your relationships. Look at your friends. Look at the people you spend most of your time with. And begin to ask yourself, are they leading you in the right direction, or are they leading you in a direction that you do not desire? To go to, All right and now. Let me give you uh, the nine doors to drifting. As I, as I come to a conclusion, nine doors to drifting. Number one, as we talked about, it is fear. The moment you begin to be afraid of something, then it does not. You will not fulfill it. You will not fulfill your greatness. No man on the universe uh, that has become great has become great out of fear. They have replaced fear with faith. Number one, door is fear. Number two is superstition. Believing that your problems are caused by the devil. There is a point for that. There is a way that the devil can frustrate your life. But I say to you that most of your problems have been created by you. And the devil has just come and looked at you and then capitalized on what you are what you already are. If your character is not straight, then don't blame the devil for your character flaws. The devil only capitalized on what he found with you. In other words, the devil only takes ground, as much ground as he is allowed to. In other words, you are the one who allows him to take ground. Number three, the uh, three door is extreme desire for material wealth. Where the moment you begin to pursue wealth, you have begun drifting. Matthew six thirty three 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall come to you. Number four, greed. Right now in, a, in my nation of Kenya, we are suffering a lot because of people that are in power who are so greedy, they cannot think of anyone else apart from themselves. They cannot think of the lives that are getting lost on this earth in our nation, but they can only think about themselves and passing laws that will favor them. Greed, greed, a door of drifting. Number five is what I call last. Now, last can be broad, it can be last of the flesh, it can be you looking at a woman or looking at a man and lasting after them. And this is one of the greatest ways or the greatest doors to drifting. It can be you lasting after wealth, it can be you lasting after power. It can be you lasting after anything, all right? Number six, revenge. And let me pause there because there's so many people, so much that is going on in the church today and in the world today that everybody needs or everybody is looking for a way to revenge. Many times when you listen to the prayers of Christians, it is a revenge prayer. God pay this man. God revenge for me for what is done and the moment you be, you become obsessed with revenge then you've begun drifting it is the same way even in marriage or in a relationship where people want vengeance they want to revenge because my partner did this therefore I'm going to do this against her or against him because so and so did this then I'm going to do it uh, I'm going to do this too revenge revenge the moment you begin To get yourself into that place, my friend, you have opened the door to drifting. And you will drift so far that you will not know what to do. A Quote says, when you plan for revenge, dig two graves. One for you and one for the other person. Because revenge, the moment you you think that you're going to kill them, then you also have to prepare to die. Number seven door is anger. It can be anger or anger, depending on where you went to school or what, world, what part of the world you come from. Anger is one of the you know, doors to, uh, to drifting. For example, you're walking very straight and you're okay and then someone just says something and you become so angry that you begin to lose focus of the things that you are meant to do. Number eight, Is what I call vanity. Giving yourself over to things that are adding no value to your life, watching things that add value, no value to your life, spending hours in the front of television, watching movies that have no value, reading books that have no value, you know, reading obsessed with uh, novels that have no lessons in them. Vanity. Obsessed or or giving yourself over to alcohol, giving yourself over to wickedness and, and immorality, and you give yourself to these vanities. And when you do that, you don't need to be told that you've drifted because the greatness that God created you with or the greatness that God put in you was not meant to be traded for anything else. But now we have a world where we are trading our greatness for vanity, our greatness for fear, our greatness for superstition, our greatness for wealth, material wealth. We are trading our greatness for greed. We are trading our greatness for lust and revenge. Trading your greatness for anger, for momentarily, uh, for sensuality, for sexual uh, satisfaction that only comes from a moment. Trading your greatness for vanity. And the number nine door is laziness. Pure laziness. Now the truth is no one wants to be told they are lazy. No one wants to hear that they are lazy. And when you say someone is lazy, they tell you define what laziness is. But the truth of the matter is that the world of today, especially in my nation of Kenya, there are so many young people who are lazy. You know, just lazy, passive people. They cannot, you know, fulfill a a simple task. They come loaded with excuses and reasons why they cannot do this or they cannot do that. They come with all these stories that are so funny. They come, you know, when they come late for meetings, they have all these excuses. Laziness. The moment you open this door of laziness, then everything else comes and drifting begins. And let me say this. You will never achieve your greatness if you embrace this habit of drifting. And you see, the truth is, everyone is born great. Everyone has been created by God to be a great human being. You were made for greatness, yes. You are made for his purpose, yes. If you were not made for greatness, then Jesus Christ would not have died for you on the cross. But he died for us so that we can attain our greatness. And yes, we shall get to heaven. And yes, there is a part of heaven. But even as we walk towards heaven, we are supposed to fulfill some things on earth. We are supposed to discover and enter into our greatness while we are on earth. And let me define this because greatness is not just about wealth. It's not about driving a good car. It's not about living in a wonderful house as many people would tell you, but greatness is about you fulfilling what God has called you to fulfill with no apology. It is you saying what God tells you to say without an apology. It is you walking away from things that you should have walked away, and you gather the courage and the boldness to walk away from those things and become great. That, my friends, is greatness. So it is my prayer. That my brothers and sisters, you, we, you and I will stop drifting. And if you need scriptural reference, you can talk to David in the Bible where he was supposed to go to war, but he drifted. And you all know the story. When you know, walked on the rooftop and found this woman who was bathing and The story goes and from that moment on King David and his greatness were in jeopardy. That even his house became divided because of that one one step of drifting. My encouragement to you brothers is to always remain focused on what you are supposed to do and never drift. Let me pray for you. Father, Father, In the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you and we thank you for the wonderful moment and the wonderful opportunity that you've given us. We pray that even as we pursue our salvation and even as we pursue our greatness, we shall not drift. But the Lord, you shall be with us at all times and that you shall help us to focus on the things that you have created us to focus on. Help us to keep walking, Almighty God. Give us a strength. Help us to close the doors of drifting. And Almighty Father, we pray that we shall fulfill our call and enter into our destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we believe. Amen and amen. Drifting Christian, what an interesting word. Thank you so much, Pastor George. I hope you have a takeout from that word. For me, my takeout is do not be influenced by the circumstances that are around you. Before we close, I'd like to give you our giving channels for our tithes and offering. You can give to 216376, 216376. And for the development, you can give to 321354, 321354. Thank you so much for watching. God bless.